Um, if you were to ask me what our church is here for, I would tell you to help you continue in the word and in Jesus. Continue, continue, continue. Jesus said in John 15, if you continue. Now, starting is one thing, but continuing is another. Amen? The Bible predicts that in the last days, some are, are no longer going to continue, but they depart from the faith. But see, it's, it's the long haul. It's the marathon race that we're to continue in. So why are we here? To help you continue in the word and in Jesus. Everybody say continue. That means just be steady, Eddie, stable, stay with it. Stay with the program, stay in the word, stay in prayer, stay in church, stay in Jesus, abide in the vine. And that's why I've been pre uh, preaching on and teaching on this series called Abide. Because as a pastor of many years, I'm gonna tell you something. The key to the Christian life is staying with it. It's not always gonna be easy. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's gonna be hard. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you just don't have Holy Ghost bumps all over you. There are times you've got to persevere. You've got to continue. And when I began to look at the local church, it began to occur to me that the real reason for the local church is that we would encourage one another and to do what? To continue in the faith, continue in the word, continue abiding in the vine. Abide means continue. Amen? So today I'm going to give you another message on continuing. And I'm calling this message, The Old Man is Dead. The Old Man is Dead. And, and we're going to read one verse. I want us to read it out loud, all right? One verse. Read it with me. Romans 6, verse 6. Let's read. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Say with me, the old man is dead. The old man is dead. Now you say, what's the old man? I'm going to tell you. I'm glad you asked. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing on the word of God today. Help us, Lord, to understand what the Bible tells us that was done for us on the cross of Christ. And help us, Lord, to get this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, your old man is dead. I don't mean to offend anybody with that, but your old man is dead. Amen. All right. Now, the Bible teaches something that a lot of Christians do not understand. And it's hard to understand. But I'm going to do my best to get it over to you today. It, it teaches that every born-again believer has two natures within. Not just one, but two. If you're born once, the natural birth, you have one nature. It's a fallen nature. If you're born twice, born again, you have two natures, all right? You have what the Bible calls the old man of sin and the new man created in Christ Jesus. And both those natures are in you. That's why you have a struggle. Because the old man is in you and the new man is in you. And you didn't have this kind of conflict before because you were just doing what the old man told you to do. The old man is the old sin nature. But now you've got a brand new nature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away and all is become what? All has become new. The old nature and the new nature exist at the same time in every true Christian. 
The old nature is what pulls us down into sin. We could say that the old nature is a co-conspirator with sin. If sin didn't have the old nature to work with, sin could not act out. Sin needs the old nature, the fallen nature, to express itself. So we could say that the old nature is a co-conspirator, an aider and a better of sin. The old man lifestyle is perfectly described in Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. Listen to the way Paul describes the way we used to be. Remember that movie, The Way We Were? Here's the way we were. Listen to this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. We were dead. Unplugged from the life of God. We had no spiritual life. We were like a lamp with a bulb but it's not plugged into the wall. It can't operate. It can't function because there's no uh, electric flow. There's no spiritual flow to light us up. We didn't become the light of the world till we got lit by the light. We had to be lit by the light before we could be the light of the world. How did we get lit? Our, our souls were plugged in to God through Jesus Christ. And then the power of God and the life of God flowed into us. But until then, up to then, we were dead, dead, dead men walking, dead women walking. We were spiritually dead, 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 necros, dead, dead. In the Greek, it means dead. <laughs> there was no life. We had no, no, no of, none of the life of God. We were dead. And, and then he goes on. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obeying who? The devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. You didn't know you were obeying the devil, but you were obeying the devil, and so was I. We were obeying the devil because that's what the old man in us does. The old man in us obeys the devil. And the devil's the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit that works in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. When somebody refuses to obey God, we're told right here, it's the devil working in their life. When they refuse to obey God, when you and I refuse to obey God, the minute the suggestion comes, don't obey God, that is from the devil. Because he's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse three, all of us used to live that way. All of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. Now, notice those two words. That's the old man. What were we doing? We were obeying the promptings, the dictates, the nudges, the temptations that came from the old nature, the fallen nature, the sin nature, the old man. That was our problem. He said, well, where did I get the old man? You got the old man from Adam. The Bible says when Adam sinned, death was visited upon the entire human race. And when Adam sinned, it was like a nuclear bomb in God's universe. When Adam sinned, it messed everything up. Can I tell you the truth about sin? Sin ruins everything. Every single time. God multiplies, sin subtracts. Sin ruins everything it touches. And, and when Adam sinned, then the sin and the, and the consequence of it, death, 
and a fallen nature was visited upon all mankind. So we didn't need to be taught to sin. We knew exactly how to sin and do it very well, thank you. Because all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. So please note that he's telling us here, that was the problem. The problem within us, it was that sinful nature that's inclined to disobey God, that, that, that is inclined to doing wrong, that is inclined to breaking the commandments. That's why the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Why have all of us sinned? Because we're all born with that sinful nature that, that we obey before we know Jesus. We obey it. It's our master. It is, it is within us. It's who we are. And we follow its passionate desires and its evil inclinations. By our very nature, look what Paul goes on to say. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Just like everyone else. By our very nature. By our very nature. Remember Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it? Let me tell you something. The devil can't make you do anything without a fallen nature. See, the fallen nature is the aider and the abetter, the co-conspirator with the devil and with sin uh, to bring us into acting out a sinful lifestyle. That fallen nature is in harmony with the devil, is in harmony with sin. Uh, uh, that sinful nature is at home in sin. And the Bible teaches that mankind is a natural born sinner. We're natural born. David said in the Psalms, I was born in sin and I was shaped in iniquity. So all of us, all of us sin. Do you know the word sin is in the Bible 448 times? It must be important. If it's in there once, you need to listen. But 448 times, you gotta be kidding me. Sin is there 448 times. If you read the book of Romans, it's in there 37 times. Just in the book of Romans alone, 37 times sin is mentioned. What is sin? It means to miss the mark. It means you miss the bullseye. And the bullseye is the righteousness of God. Sin means you miss the mark. I mean, everybody has missed the mark. If we were arrows, we didn't hit the bullseye. We didn't even hit the outer rings. We missed the whole target, missed the target, missed the mark because sin, sin, sin broke our relationship with God. Sin killed us on the inside. Sin brought death upon not just mankind, but all of the created order that is alive. Everything alive is going to die because of sin. Romans 8 tells us that, that the whole creation is groaning, awaiting the revelation of the sons of God. What does that mean? That the whole creation, the animals, the fishes of the sea, the birds, everything, insects, reptiles, everything is groaning, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God, meaning waiting for the return of Christ. Because when he returns and sets up his millennial kingdom, death is going to be done away with. So since we're natural born sinners, we need to be supernaturally born again. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, Nick, you got to be born again. And Nick said, what are you talking about? I got to go back into my mother's womb. Jesus said, Nick, are you a teacher of all of Israel? You don't understand the simplest things I'm telling you that born once you're lost, born twice you're saved, born once you're blind, born twice you see, born once you're hell bound, born twice you're heaven bound, 
born once, you don't know God at all. Born twice, you are alive and know God. Nick, you got to be born again. The old nature or the old man, it includes the fleshly mind that we inherited from our parents, Adam and Eve. All of the fleshly, lustful cravings, addictions, strongholds, temptations, acted out sins, all are part of the old nature. That's the old nature. The new nature that we received when we got born again is very different. The new nature delights in God, delights in the will of God, delights in the word of God, delights in obeying God, delights in pleasing God. The new nature, are you ready? Never sins. The new nature in you never sins. It's, it's the flesh. It's that old nature pulling you down that, and that conflict with it where you can sin. And it's a conflict. The, the new nature rejoices in everything having to do with God. How many of you can say, I feel so much better when I go to church and I, and I worship the Lord? How many of you can say, I feel so much better when I know that I've obeyed God? Peace floods my soul. How many of you can say, I really want to please God in my life? How many of you can say that? Come on. And you know where you got that? You didn't have that before you were saved. Your old nature could have cared less about pleasing God. You have that desire because that's the new nature in you. That's the new nature. The new nature wants to please God. And these two natures, the old nature and the new nature, are constantly fighting each other. Paul put it this way in Romans 7. He said, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I do. He said, I'm paraphrasing now. This is the revised, wickwire, slanted, paraphrased version. Paul is saying it's a crazy maker. When I want to do right, I do wrong. When I don't want to do wrong, I do wrong. And when I want to please God, I've got this battle going on inside of me. He finally ended up going... Oh, wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me from this constant conflict and struggle? He said, thanks be to God who will do it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. But these two natures, the old nature and the new nature are fighting each other all the time. You probably had a battle with the old nature on the way here to church. When you woke up, the old nature says, stay home. You don't need to go to church. Just stay home. Take it easy. Get some coffee. Watch something on TV, but the new nature said, go to church and obey God and worship with his people. That's the new nature. Are you with me? Listen to what Peter said. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against your soul. He's describing the battle between the old nature and the new nature, the old man and the new man. Listen to Paul, Galatians 5, 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature wants. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Uh, Over and over again, we're told about the battle between the old nature and the new nature. You say, well, Jeff, I thought I was born again and, and the old nature was gone. The old nature is still within you until you go to heaven. But here's the deal. The old nature was killed. Did I not read we are crucified with Christ? 
Last time I looked, anything crucified died. You don't live up there. You die up there. The Apostle Paul is going to give us three powerful words that hold the key to our victory in the battle over the flesh or our old nature. Because, listen, some of you are in a really intense battle with the old nature, old habits. Something's pulling on you, wanting to drag you down, wanting to mess with your life, wanting to rob from you. Uh, Something is calling and beckoning from the past, that old nature, old habits, old ways of thinking and doing are pulling back on you, trying to pull you down. The old nature, the old nature is trying to convince you that it's not dead. The old nature wants you to believe that it's alive and well and not crucified. But I'm going to show you that the old nature is absolutely crucified and we're supposed to believe that. Are you with me? So he's going to give us three words and we got to latch onto these words. I pray you leave today with these three words just going around in your head and you think of them all week long. The first word is no, no, K-N-O-W, no. He said, knowing this, knowing this. Can everybody say with me, knowing this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. The old man I just described was there on the cross with Christ, knowing this. Remember that song, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, 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 sometimes it makes me tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Here's the answer. Yes, you were there. I was there. Our old men, our old man was there. Our old man was there. See, how could that be? I don't have to understand it. I'm just called to believe it. Knowing this, knowing this. Now, the word know here is from a Greek word meaning to come to understand over time. It's something you learn as you go. In other words, put another way, as a believer, every Christian should come to a place in their spiritual journey where they finally know, they, they know, they fully know that their old man was crucified, killed, done away with, rendered inoperative by Christ on the cross. The old man died with Christ on the cross. Your old man, my old man, the old man that got us in so much trouble, the old man that moved us to sin, the old man that loved to sin and obey or disobey God, that old man was nailed to the tree with Christ. It's so quiet, I can tell you're having a hard time knowing it because it doesn't seem real. But see, this is, this is where God says, you got to have to believe what I did for you. This is something I did for you on the cross when my son died, bled and died on the cross, that I judged him for your sin. I judged him for your wrong. My wrath was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And on the cross, your old man of sin, that lower nature that loves to sin, that obeys the devil, was nailed on the cross with him. Knowing this, that our old man, knowing 
by learning, by arriving to a conclusion, knowing, knowing that our old man was crucified. Now, you can take that word crucified and write in your, the margin of your Bible right next to it, rendered inoperative. Rendered inoperative. Inoperative, I love this, means not working. Out of service. I like that one even better. Inoperative means out of service. I got an older watch that I really like. I've had it for a long, long time. And a while back, it died on me. Just gave up the ghost. And I took it to the watch people. And they opened it up and they said, well, uh, here's the deal. Just about everything in it is going to have to be replaced if you want it to work again. In other words, Jeff, it's rendered inoperative. It's dead. It's no longer going to tell you the time. It is out of service. So it's no longer any good to you. It can no longer tell you what time it is because it is inoperative. And we've got to get to the place we understand the old man has been put out of service. The old man is inoperative. The old man can no longer tell you what to do. That's why Paul said, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Sin shall no longer. How come sin is no longer going to be able to have dominion over me because it doesn't have a co-conspirator anymore to work with in me. The old man is dead. Sin's co-conspirator, sin's aider and a better inside of me has been killed, dead, out of service, rendered inoperative. So what does that mean to me? It means you don't have to do what it says anymore. That's what it means. You don't have to do what it says anymore. See, the lost person has no choice. We read the way they lived. We read the way we lived. We obeyed the passions and the promptings and the sins of our lower nature because we had no choice. But the believer has a choice because we've been born again. We've got a new nature and we have the Holy Ghost living inside of us. And if I, by the Spirit, do put to death the deeds of the body, same thing as lower nature, I shall live. God says the old man, the troublemaker, that part of us that loves to sin, that loves to rebel against God, that loves to go our own way and do our own thing, that old sinful nature we inherited from Adam was crucified, was put out of service by Christ Jesus on the cross. So yeah, the old man is in you and the old man wants you to think that it's not on the cross, that it can still rule your life. But what I want to get over to us today is a deep red meat, T-bone steak, theological truth. That God killed the old man on the cross. So when he says, go do this and go do that, you say, get back up on that cross. You're dead. I don't have to do what you say anymore. I do not have to do what you say anymore. This is why Paul so famously wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ and I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I got to read that again. That's so good. I have been crucified with Christ. What's been crucified with Christ? Paul said, the old man, the sin nature that got me in all that trouble, the source of all my conflict that I describe in Romans seven. He said, I, that, that's been crucified and I've been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. And the real life I now have within this body is a result of my trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ. 
The child of God has the power to say no. You're driving down the highway. You used to have a problem with alcohol. You're driving down the highway. It's been a long, hard day. You are tired. You are stressed. There's a little voice in your head that says, you deserve a break today. I'm not talking about a hamburger commercial. You deserve a break today. And you, you see some signs. Uh, liquor. And, it's, and, and it almost says, liquor, stop. Liquor, stop. Pull in. You deserve one drink. Just one. Grab a drink. God will understand. Just go ahead. Grab a drink. God will understand. Uh, uh, relax. It's no big deal. And, and the old man in you and the devil using that old man knows what used to hang you up. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your inclinations. He knows where he established a stronghold in your life before you knew Jesus. And he's going to try to convince you that you still have to obey the old man telling you, pull in and do it. But if you really understand the Bible, you say, get back up on that cross. I don't have to do one solitary thing you say. I am born again. I'm a child of God. I'm walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I do not have to do what you say. And by the Spirit, you just say, Holy Spirit, take over. And whoosh. Because that new nature in you wants to please God and bless God. And you can, you can just take that scenario into any area in your life where you had a weakness. And now you have the power to say no. Because the old man has been crucified with Christ. This is the kind of freedom Jesus was talking about. When Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. What kind of freedom? Does that mean every jail is going to open up and let out children of God? Or they wish. Many children of God in prison or in jail. No, that's not what he's talking about. The freedom he's talking about is the freedom to say no. The freedom to be free from sin. The freedom to walk in a way that pleases God. The freedom to live a life that blesses God. The freedom to fulfill your purpose and destiny in God. Free indeed. Jesus said, you are slaves of sin, every one of you. He told a crowd that. You are slaves of sin, every one of you. And slaves don't have rights, but the son has every right there is. So if the son sets you free, you will indeed be free. Amen. Is it soaking in yet? Are you getting this? So Pastor Jeff, I fall all the time. I fall into the same habit over and over and over again. Sometimes you just need a deeper revelation of what God has done for you. And I pray you get it today. Am I talking about a sin, sinless life? No. Am I talking about a sinless life? We all think things, say things, do things, cop attitudes that grieve God. And, and we go and we say, Lord, forgive me. And he forgives us. That's not, I'm not talking about never messing up, never sinning, never making a mistake. Never. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying overall, you're no longer living a sinful lifestyle. He has set you free and nothing sinful can hold you in its chains because the old man has been crucified and without the old man, sin's got nothing to work with. Jesus claimed to have the power to set us free from sinful slavery. Now, how did he fulfill that claim? 
by our old sin nature being crucified on the cross with him. Now you say, but Jeff, I don't understand this. You don't have to understand it. You just have to reckon it so. And that's our second word. First word is no. Second word is reckon. Everybody say, I reckon. See, I love preaching this in Texas because I reckon. But I want you to listen to Paul, Romans 6, 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He says, based on what I just told you that you ought to know, now he's telling us you need to reckon it true. Now the word reckon is a mathematical word in the Greek language. And it means to count something up and calculate that it's so, that it's true. Let me give you an example. If I gave you a stack of $100 bills today and I told you here's $2,000 in $100 bills and I'm giving you this $2,000 for that used car of yours, what's the first thing you're going to do before you let me drive away in that car? You're going to count those $100 bills. And when you get down to the last one, the, the 20th one, and you see that there's 2,000 there, then you're going to reckon that what I told you is true because you've counted it and calculated it yourself. Now you know it's true. Yep, you gave me $2,000. Have a good time with the car. Now, here's what Paul is telling us. I want you to reckon, to count up. I want you to look at what I'm telling you and what the Bible tells you of what Christ did for you on the cross. I want you to count it up. I want you to add it up. I want you to look at it and come to your own conclusion. It's true. We're to add up what the Bible has told us about our old man being crucified with him. Add it up. Look at all the verses. Add it up and calculate and come to the conclusion. I reckon it's true. It's true. It's true. I really have been crucified with Christ. It's true. My old man really has been nailed to the tree. It's true. I've come to my own conclusion. I heard Pastor Jeff, but now I've added it up myself. It's true. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I reckon it's true. Let's try something. I'm going to say something. I want you to say, I reckon. Jesus sets you free from the old man. (laughs) I can't wait till this goes on radio. The old man, your old man and mine is on the cross. I no longer have to obey sin. He has set me free on the inside. How's that feel? I reckon. I reckon it's true. I reckon it's true. So sin shall no longer have dominion over me because he has set me free. That's what we're to do. I reckon it's true. And then he says, finally, once you've known it and reckoned it, then you yield to it. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Yield simply means to surrender or submit oneself to someone or something else's control. 
when we were lost. And I close with this. Here's what he's wanting us to get. You used to live lives yielded to the control of sin. That's the way we lived. We read it. That's the way we were. But now, just as you used to be slaves to all kinds of sin, so now you must yield yourselves to be slaves to what is right and holy. Because everybody is a slave to something. And here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not a slave to God, you're a slave to sin. If you're not a slave to the Holy Spirit, you're a slave to your old man and the flesh. There is no fence. There is no in-between. You're on one side or the other. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. He who sows to the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap life everlasting. So we're either serving the flesh and the old man And that's the way we're going to live. And that's the way we're going to die. Or we're serving God and the new man and walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. And so he says, before knowing Jesus, you gave your eyes, your ears, your tongue, your hands, your feet, your thoughts, everything to doing sinful things. But now yield your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your hands, your feet your thoughts, your mind, your life to God. Present your members a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present, that you yield your bodies a living sacrifice. Yield. Why? Because I know my old man was crucified. I reckon that it's true my old man was crucified. So now I'm free to yield my body and my life to God and please him. Can we stand together today? Say with me, no. Reckon. Yield. Do you know? Do you know it? Have you reckoned it to be true? Some of you need to go away, drive away today and go calculate and find out for yourself. It's true. I don't have to obey sin. Amen. I think I'm convincing you. I'm not sure. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know. I've been in bondage a long time. You know what? That's too long. Because Jesus said you were a slave of sin, but I came to set you free indeed. Free indeed. How many of you can say, boy, I used to live terrible, but now, since Jesus, right? Amen. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for what you did for us on the cross. We can't comprehend it. We can't wrap our minds around it, but you did it. You took that old man of sin and crucified him on that tree with you. So he's rendered inoperative. He's out of business. We don't have to obey sin in our lives. And we thank you for it. Now, I want to pray while we're bowed in prayer. I want to pray for people. I'm not going to call you out and call you down. Just right where you are. Say, but Jeff, I've got a stronghold. I've got a stronghold. 
And I know it has to do with my old man. And I know that um, it's fleshly. And I know that Jesus did away with it, but it still has a grip. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God sets you free, whatever it is, porn, drugs, alcohol, gossip, fear, doubt, whatever it is. I want to pray that you're set free, that you understand he has set you free and, and that we're going to walk into that freedom. So pray this with me. If, if there's that kind of a stronghold in your life and you keep getting beat down by it, let's pray together. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I receive this truth of what was done for me on the cross of Christ. And I thank you, the old man is dead. The Lord help me now to walk in this truth, to obey this truth. Give me the grace today. I receive it to walk in this truth, to be delivered and set free. Lord, I believe what I've heard. Now help me to experience it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to walk in that. I want you to walk in that. Uh, this week, I got a message from a radio listener in California. And this lady said to me, I've been in bondage to bitterness for about 40 years. I want you to think about that. 40 years. Now, what do you think holds on to unforgiveness? Not the new man. The old man hangs on to unforgiveness. Flesh does, right? I'm not forgiving them till they, till they ask me to and all this other stuff. She said, 40 years. And I'm driving down the highway and I heard you preach on um, forgiveness. And she said, right there on the highway, I broke through and I forgave. After 40 years. Oh, I wish I could have gotten a hold of her 39 years and 364 days sooner. Because 40 years wasted with bitterness. But she was set free. By what? By Jesus. By the word of truth. So, amen. You can be free. Amen. You can be free.